Welcome to Senior Living Marketing Success, where we help you get more tours, more move-ins, and more reviews. In this episode, I chat with Julie Podowitz, the Chief Sales Officer for Vitality Senior Living. Julie is going to tell us exactly why it's so important for everyone on your team to be bought in to your company's mission, vision, and values. Welcome to this episode of Senior Living Marketing Success. I'm very excited today that Julie Podowitz has joined us. She is the Chief Sales Officer for Vitality Senior Living, um, and she just wrote a book. It's on Amazon, and we're going to talk about that later, so I'm excited to hear about that. But Julie, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on this podcast. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me, Luke. Absolutely. And we were talking before, Julie actually lives in Franklin, Tennessee. I grew up in Murfreesboro. Franklin's about 40 minutes from there. So um, just it's nice to always meet someone from kind of, you know, where where I grew up. Um, but and how long how long have you been in Franklin? Uh, just over four years. And okay. it is, as you know, the entire Nashville area, you know, greater oh area is growing like crazy. So even in the four years, little over four years that we've been here, we've seen tremendous growth. I mean, go back just 10 years and some of the uh, small, you know, smaller towns, Spring Hill, you know, Murfreesboro is not a small town anymore. Nolensville are like yeah. the fastest growing towns and cities in Tennessee. Oh so. yeah. And I think, I don't know if you saw this, but it may have been like a year ago. Um, I think there were some national residents that actually purchased a billboard. Did you see this where they no. purchased a billboard that just said, stop moving here? <laughs> I mean, you know, the traffic is ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy. It's uh, crazy. It, they it's crazy. they were not prepared for this many people living in that area. That's for absolutely sure. not. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, it was the only good thing that came out of, you know, what was the traffic uh, was low, and that's that's not enough good, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So let, we're gonna go ahead and just um, dive on in. So Julie, tell me a little bit about um, your company's why and maybe included in that, you know, your why, is there something that um, you feel passionately about that makes you keep doing what you're doing? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I'll start with the company's why, Vitality Living. Vitality Living, as it is now, uh, was born, if you will, or created the merger of two smaller companies about uh, three years ago. It feels longer in a good way. Vitality Senior Living and Tradition Senior Living. And we came together, we were uh, new, relatively very new companies, and uh, we were both here in Brentwood, and we knew of one another, and we knew each other in different, um, and because we'd all been in senior living, and we had relationships in, or those six degrees, you know, separation, and the pieces fit, and we didn't lose, you know, anyone, what, you know, it was just a perfect, perfect merger. And at that time, uh, I believe we had, I'm just going to guess, maybe eight uh, and some in development. And we're now uh, inching toward 30 uh, communities. Yeah. Or, or, and including blue sky. So it's, it's been a tremendous ride and a a really great privilege. Uh, Chris Gay is our CEO and, you know, his vision, he, it, what you know? What, what I love about Vitality, and I think what attracts people and residents—you know, people, team members, uh, sales directors—you know, all people to work here, but also to live in our communities—is uh, the well. It's all about feeling and emotion, right? And the you know, our CEO and our you know, the partners 
you know, we don't lose sight of why we are in this business and why we all came together and, you know, made some, makes the sacrifices, right? When you, uh, when you kind of join a, a startup almost, right? So it's been a you know, collaborative effort and uh, when we were always keeping focused on why and building the, the culture uh, that we want to, what we want to work and live in and our team members and residents want to work and live in. Um, my why is, um, there, there's many reasons. Um, I, I really, I do what I do because I love working and helping. Uh, it just sounds so cliche, but I love training salespeople and working with them and coaching and developing uh, and salespeople, executive directors. Uh, I love interviewing and hiring and onboarding and, and just seeing people develop in their professional uh, space. And I, the, this sale, if you will, the senior living sale is such a high level sale that, you know, it, it, it's a evolution always, you know, of, of skill set to grow, to be a master in, in this, in this sale. So it, you never get bored and for sure. And there's, there's always room to grow and to learn and to grow professionally and personally. And certainly at the end of the day, we don't do the hard work. You know, the hard work is the people in the communities caring for our residents and providing a you know, vibrant lifestyle. Um, my dad lives in one of our communities. And I know a lot of, a lot of y'all have that similar experience where uh, it's, it's a, you're riding that personal, your personal wave too. So it really is so, there's so many reasons from a personal and professional uh, standpoint, I would never want to work in an, another business. I think that says a lot about how you feel about the care your communities provide to put, you know, someone very close to you, obviously, in one of your communities, your dad. Um, so you've got to totally believe in the care that that community is offering. So I think that says a lot. Yeah, it does. And as long as I've done this almost 20 years, it, it is different. It is absolutely different. Even though you can be mentally aware, you know, as soon as I step into the daughter role, I'm even when I'm at the community, my dad loves it when I go to the community, you know, for work. Um, and of course, I visit him too, but um, he, he loves it. But it, it, you, you feel, I, I feel differently. I even feel differently about, you know, the community and the staff, not, not in a bad way, but I, I view it and I see it from mm -hmm. the adult daughter viewpoint. You probably get some valuable insights from being able to see it from that perspective, thinking, oh, maybe we should do things differently, or this is where we're lacking in this. I, you know, Luke, I do. And my dad's name is Kelly. Kelly has lived there for almost since uh, we opened his brand new community, Traditions of Spring Hill. And he's lived there for three and a half years. He's 91. Uh, and he's very, very happy. Uh, he's never, I don't think he's ever been more content. Uh, but he, he and he gives you know honest feedback. He's not a complainer, but uh, he gives honest feedback. And I, and uh, yes, I can see uh, the the uh, pros, right, and the, the great mm -hmm. things in the areas of opportunity. Yeah, from both perspectives, like you said. Yeah, 
What would you say is the biggest obstacle that Vitality Living has faced and, and how are they able to overcome it? Or if it's an obstacle obstacle they're going through now, what are you what are you and Vitality doing to overcome that? Ooh, um, we face obstacles, roadblocks, you know, daily uh, in, in this business, right? And you mm -hmm. have to love this. You have to love what you do. Uh, this is a uh, such a rewarding business, but it is challenging uh, mm -hmm. from every level. Being that we're so new, uh, some of the the challenges or roadblocks just from from a growth perspective and managing. It's almost like an accordion, right? So you know you're you're at making sure that you have the infrastructure and and the people, the talent to support mm -hmm. uh, the growth. And not grow too fast, but grow quickly enough to expand the footprint to be able to make the impact, right? And mm -hmm. deliver on uh, Chris and our the partner's you know, vision for vitality. Uh, I think that um, over, boy, it's a continued challenge to overcome or address I, the, the challenges that I'm sure all of you face, which is uh, you know, staffing right now, and yeah. you know, occupancy. Uh, recently, in the last year and a half, we all faced unprecedented, unprecedented challenges in both of those arenas, and we were fortunate not to have. Um, and certainly, it's affected everybody, but we were fortunate to not to have lost, you know, in, in most of our communities' occupancy. But now that that challenges, we have got to you know ramp up, or we are ramping up. Uh, and then again, the balance, the accordion of, you know, bringing more residents in, which is great and making sure we have the people and the staff and the team members, right. Mm -hmm. um, at, at the community level. It, what's interesting is, is what we're seeing right now, at least what, what um, Dallas and I, my partner, I've been, what we've been seeing is a huge increase in inquiries over the last few months, because in my theory on this is that, you know, maybe um, an adult child was looking for their mom or dad right before COVID and then COVID hit. And then they thought, you know, well, you know, mom and dad can just live with me. And a year after having their mom and dad, who I know that they love, but after a year of having them in their home, they're thinking, um, okay, time to time to pick up that search again. And it seems like that's just a huge rush. And the communities that are thriving now are those that have a good system in place and those that aren't are just um, kind of getting thrown by the wayside because they're not being followed up with. Have you seen some similar trends like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we were fortunate to have a record breaking May. June was better than that. And July is better than that. Uh, and not lead, lead, you know, new prospect volume. And also as importantly, more importantly, you know, if we were doing what we're supposed to have been doing, always you know the, the prospects who like you said may have inquired were nervous scared didn't want to do anything but we were nurturing and staying, staying in contact and developing relationships so that okay now they're more you know now they're ready mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah but to your point if we don't have the infrastructure and then it's the discipline right to to stick to the plan and there's a lot of plates where at sales directors, the EDs, and everyone who's involved in sales, the front door, lots of plates we're juggling to yep. keep all of them going. Yeah. Yeah. 
we, I feel like we kind of answered this one, this question, but uh, any other challenges that you think that this industry is facing today? I know you mentioned staffing and occupancy, and those are huge for everyone, but are there any other challenges that, that come to your mind for this industry? Well, you know, there's the, the challenge to keep up with what does our customer want? Mm. It's this maybe the same question with potentially different answers uh, that we've all been asking, hopefully asking ourselves, and to look at providing that for real. Okay, not like, oh, we're, you know, we, what does a customer, why would, why will the, the 75, 80, 85, 90, why will they leave, right? So that therein lies the, the challenge and to provide both for, you know, for new construction, you know, really looking at what is it that the customer wants, you know, that is, uh, different maybe than what, you know, what we've been doing. And for example, larger apartments, bigger closets, uh, <laughs> things, coffee shops, you know, the, the, uh, you know, cocktail lounges, you know, re uh, engagement, you know, day trips, overnight trips, you know, all, uh, to lot, lots of exterior space, etc. And all the way through to how can we then, if we're not new construction, really look at uh, from an engagement and, and, and really from a physical plant even standpoint, maybe repurposing. So I think that that is, we should continue challenging ourselves because if we don't do that, people won't move. And we, you know, the active adult, right? We're, Vitality Living is getting into the active adult space. Uh, and that is opening up a lot of opportunity and a lot of opportunity for uh, for business and also to, for learning, right? Why are the, it, I don't like to put an age on because, you know, it's, it, but why would anyone move? Why would a, you know, the 55 plus move, the 65 plus move? To me, that's continued challenge. And, and if we're not asking ourselves that and addressing it and challenging ourselves to be relentless in our continued pursuit of improvement and learning, we're, we're done, you know, we're, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if, if you're not willing to uh, adapt to new information and new right. studies and new data, and if you're not serving uh, employees and your and your residents and their families, I mean, you might let you might last for a couple more years, but beyond that, you're going to get left behind. Yeah. So, how would you, Julie, define success, and then how would Vitality define success, and what what can we see from um, vitality in the you know the next five ten years where do you see all that going on i think i asked like three questions right there but <laughs> whatever you want to answer from that go for it i'll start at the end and, and go forward sure uh the vision for vitality is to you know legacy you know and our ceo and our like i said our partners and all of our team team leaders here and and our community leaders and team members it it's a, the it's not growth for growth's sake, but growth enough to, you know, lead, make impact, make footprint, and uh, to, you know, from the from the business side, right? Uh, mission margin. You can't be too heavy on any one side. If you're all, if you're too heavy on margin, you're not living the mission. Too heavy on mission, you're not looking at the business. And this is a business. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I, I to maybe toss out 
uh, number, maybe 50 communities strong of you know, 50, 60. Uh, we're concentrated in the Southeast. Uh, we do, we uh, have two communities now in Virginia. So it, it really, where, where it makes sense uh, is, is what we're always looking at, our CIO, and looking at opportunities. And there are many, many, many opportunities uh, and, and really just kind of what makes sense. Um, also growing in the space vertically. So, uh, you know, looking at, uh, you know, other, um, you know, service opportunities uh, within uh, this space and, and potentially, uh, you know, business that is um, you know, congruent or reciprocal in, in nature. It makes, like I said, just makes sense. Um, the, uh, what was the, then I, I, that was one. And then it was what, yeah. oh, success. So, mm -hmm. you know, vitality, uh, it, what would define success is we have happy, vibrant residents, you know, uh, long-term team members, team leaders, creating communities, you know, that the culture where residents thrive, they feel important, they feel valued, they can be themselves. Uh, and, and, you know, really place where team members are proud to work. That's, that's our mission and our, you know, our values are, you know, we're present, we see and hear, we do the right thing, we create solutions and celebrate life. And they're simple, but they are, they make massive impact when we're really, really looking back always at them or looking at them, right? I've got little sticky you know, right here on my computer that, you know, we're living, we're, we're making decisions based on the, those values. So, uh, and then of course, you know, we're, you know, meeting and exceeding, you know, our, our targets, our NOI, our, you know, occupancy, as well as, uh, you know, doing, looking at, it's, it's 100% occupancy, certainly the goal. Uh, if that, again, if that makes sense, um, it, based on the, the geo, the geographic and the community, you know, we also look at rate, you know, so it's a, it's a, to, to create a, to continue building a successful business. Again, mission margin. How I define success, um, for, for me, oh boy, I ask people that question all the time. <laughs> and I think I know until you just asked me that, uh, I've always pushed myself really, really hard. Uh, from a very young age, I've been extremely motivated to you know, started a dance school when I was 12. I think people laughed at me. They didn't realize that I was serious. And by the time I was 18 at 175 dance students and wow. you know, had a, had a dead, you know, and the, uh, so just very, and very passionate about dance and passionate about theater, <laughs> uh, but success, um, it would be that uh, I you know, live in those values uh, certainly from a, from a, a revenue, you know, fiscal perspective, you know, providing my family, just have a daughter starting college, uh, and, uh, you know, pr providing for, um, you know, the, and to the ability to, um, give, you know, that, that is such a blessing, right. Mm -hmm. And there's so many organizations and so many happenings, right. And so many opportunities to give. And, you know, if I feel, um, like really good. I feel happy. I feel like, you know, that my dogs are playing with my dogs and, you know, my husband, Jim, the jam, you know, and, and, and we're good. And my mom, my dad, and my, my stepdad. And to me that that's success, you know, um, I had the same 
best friend since I was, we were we, since seventh grade to me, that success. So mm-hmm. um, probably a long answer, but uh, always very um, a positive person, but I like that person that's always just pushing herself and never a hundred percent satisfied, which may be the reason I have the drive that I do. Yeah. No. <laughs> I I still I'm still thinking about the fact you started a dance school when you were 15 and by 18 had a hundred and how many students? 175. I was 12. You were 12. Um, and I, started, I was 12 wow. and I still my student taught at sixth grade, very serious youngster. And I was a dancer and I uh I think from an early age I knew I wasn't gonna be a dancer, but I'm a good teacher. And I was a good teacher from the very beginning, and um I I had a phenomenal mentor. And I took, so the first year in sixth grade, I, I did it for free. And in seventh grade, I started a dance school and I charged, it was 75 cents a class. And I, we had a recital at the end. We only had seven students we, and I uh, tagged on to someone else's recital. And then it just started building from there and building from there and building from there. Wow. Yeah. Man, when I was 12, I was not thinking about <laughs> starting and running a business. I was probably playing Mario Kart. Oh, man. That is great. I don't great. know how I to play that. Mario Kart. Yeah, well. I, yeah, I, yeah, I taught you. I was a very responsible youngster. And I was always, you know, I did, uh, you know, school and teaching dance. And then when I went off to college, I was uh, saying, okay, no more kids. You know, I, I was I kind of burned out with kids. And I did get back into, though. Uh, junior year, I got back into teaching dance for someone else and also choreographing for um, competitive gymnastics. And that was really cool, that opportunity. So I always love to do, you know, I've, I've taken that experience and opportunity um, and, and not now, not recently, but through, you know, up through uh, probably up to maybe 20 years ago, doing, you know, theater, choreography, that kind of thing. I love that. So cool. That's great. The other day I saw this, I'm, I'm always trying to look up um, data and studies, especially in the senior living industry. And I saw a number that I thought was interesting. It said 83% of people who search online for senior care or senior living have no preference, no original preference of community. Um, so 83% of people who are looking don't already have a place in mind. So to me, that says these senior living communities need to have something that sets them apart. So what would you say makes Vitality memorable among its competitors? Great question. First of all, really interesting statistic. And I've not heard that, Luke, but I believe it. Um, we're, I think when we live in a world, right, we live in our, I live in the Vitality world, let's say, um, we assume because we're so absorbed in it that everybody, you know, and if you put up a vitality community, right, the branding and that the truth of the matter, it doesn't mean that your branding doesn't matter, but to your point, uh, people are going, they have a problem, they're looking for a solution that opens the door, right? That that's opens the door of opportunity for everybody mm-hmm. to throw their hat in the ring, differentiation. Um, what I'll tell you what I hear from people, because like I said, I live in the bubble. And so what I hear 
from people that I talk to, and I'm still, I'll still go in the selling zone. I will still jump in uh, and, and at, be the sales director, meet families. And up to, you know, just very recently, a couple of weeks ago, I love doing that. Um, but I, I want to hear what people are saying, what draws you. And what I hear about Vitality is that the, the way that we treat one another and that, I mean, this is what we hear, like you're um, real, that you, you know care about people. Maybe this sounds kind of trite, but the, um, the, I think really living through and challenging yourself to always live through that, see and hear and care uh, and, and know one another as people uh, and, and the, um, the, that the vision, mission, values, it's, it's for everybody, you know, residents, team members. So I think that uh, the families, you know, our family members, right, and loved ones. Um, I think we have a lot of fun. I think that shows through. We are serious about what we do. And we, you know, we, we laugh and, you know, we don't take ourselves seriously. Uh, and as far as, you know, kind of knowing, you know, having a good time and really get to know one another on a personal level or get to know our residents. That's really important. Um, and I, I think one thing too, is that we are very open, like I said, relentless in the pursuit of continual improvement. And, you know, you have standards and systems and processes and, and we have all come to the table with experience, right? And ideas and, you know, ways we've done things that we stay very open-minded to lean in, to grow, to make a change where it's necessary um, and to um, not always be right. I think that's the differentiator. Yeah, I, I, love, I love that, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. The what you said about making sure that everyone from um, residents, family members, employees, and even you know the 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 C suite at the top of the company is bought into that mission, vision, and value. Because um, I, I'm a big believer in a mission and a vision, but I'm also a big believer that many companies out there, um, their mission and their vision is full of kind of um, just some business jargony words. And if you ask just some employee at the community, hey, what's the mission of your company? They're gonna go, I have no idea. Um, so that's that's critical because if you can come up with a mission that everyone can buy into and that can be easily seen and understood by family members and residents, that absolutely is gonna make you memorable among competitors without a doubt. Thank you. And they're simple. Like I said, they're simple, but they're easy to memorize. You know, they're our CEO or a COO, Kelly Lindstrom, uh, once a month is a mission, vision, values training for new team members, team leaders. And the, again, it's, uh, it's not a recording, it's live. You know, we, we really want, it's so important, you know, that to, to take the time and then to connect, first of all, people on the call and to, present them in, in, in the why behind the why, you know, why we came up with these, why, and the, it's, and we trust our team leaders and team members of the community to then live those. And then, so that translates to 
our residents and families. And that, I mean, that's how, you know, we you get culture champions, right, in the community and that spreads, you know, spread the good word of, and, and really by, by what we do. And we, we can't do it. We rely on, you know, our, our leaders so that when yeah. we do, we live, we absolutely um, live them, you know. Yeah. Well, and you're not going to have record breaking months over the past three months if you don't have everyone bought in to your mission, vision and values. So that's that's a that's a great um, nugget of wisdom. Thanks for sharing that. So I want to I want to end with a couple things. One, when we were um, before we started recording this podcast, you were telling me a little bit about what you're going to be doing, I think, later this year. Right. You're going to be doing um, something that's apart from vitality but mm -hmm. you're going to be doing some coaching, sales coaching and some other things and focusing on on increasing occupancy. So just tell us a little bit about that. Uh, thanks for letting me talk a little bit about this. Yes, I'm starting a new company called Grow Your Occupancy. And simply put, it is, uh, you know, a, a group of professionals who are very experienced in the space, and I will be uh, leading, you know, present CEO, focusing on, you know, what clients and companies need, uh, and very, I'm really, really, really passionate about sales, uh, training, coaching, putting systems, playbooks, and, and as important, but even maybe even more important, is the skill set, and because learning this is pretty simple right? You can like watch a video and you think, well, this is really simple. But from my perspective, Luke, with the turnover in, in this business and sales, it's, it's atrocious. And the people will ask me why. And from my perspective, from knowing thousands, really literally thousands of sales directors and EDs, if I could do one answer, I think it's because the job's a lot harder than people anticipate. And, you know, just the analogy or whatever that I use is like if I watched um, tennis, U.S. Open, and, you know, pretty much know the rules of tennis. It looks pretty easy. I mean, you kind of like hit the ball with the racket across the net and uh, I go and play tennis, which I do horribly. I can you start appreciating right. how hard it is. But if I got a coach, you know, to help me, I would elevate my game and then keep getting coached when you, cause you hit a plateau, right. So you get to a certain point, but you, and this is the point here, uh, that sales directors and companies get frustrated because I'll use sales. It could be at any, any, uh, executive level, but in sales, you know, we start and boop, we get a, a bump and it, it could be, you know, they call it beginner's luck, but it's, it's the traction from doing, from going from say nothing to that you get that surge. Just like if I go on the mm -hmm. tennis court, I'm going to be able to do it for six weeks and be a lot better than I am now, mm -hmm. which isn't very good. So, wow, six move-ins, you know, wow, or four move-ins, wow, wow, wow. But you hit a plateau. And if you don't dig down and really use your systems and processes and practice skills, it'll start. And then we're like, why? What happened? You know, she was, he was a rock star. She's a rock star. And then we get frustrated, they get frustrated, and then there's turnover. So that's, you asked me about my passion. That's my passion. So I'm very fortunate to have great partners at Vitality that are allowing me to do this. I'll still stay on as CMO, um, but uh, grow this, uh, hopefully a lot of support in the space. 
Yeah, that's wonderful. Love that. And the second thing is I wanted to talk to you about is that you just published a book and this is not some um, like 50 page PDF download like this is a almost 300 page book for senior living regional directors. So talk to me a little bit about what drove you to write the book. Um, if you want to give us kind of a preview of what someone can find in the book and where they can go and buy it. If you can't tell, I'm really passionate about this. Um, yeah. I am passionate Great. about senior living and sales and, and developing people. So in my, uh, before being on the provider side, I was a consultant in, in uh, sales and marketing and was uh, able to work with, you know, again, I think 46 states, you know, hundreds of you know, people in uh, tens and tens of companies. And the, I've always wanted to write a book. Uh, probably more than one. And the first thing was, you know, exactly where do I feel I could make, could help, could make most impact in, in a book form. And it continued, I just kept coming back to regional or area divisional directors, because from my vantage point, and I built, I have built regional, you know, train the trainers or uh, playbooks, if you will, for, for company specific, uh, course, then it's the implementation and, and the doing, but I feel that the re, at the regional level, that is the biggest piece, the puzzle that's missing, and it is the most, it can have the most impact. I hate to say most important because everyone's important in every role. And I think what we do is we have great sales. We, we find, we identify someone as great. They fill their building, make them a regional. And there's, those are two totally different skill sets. And or two different skill sets. Mm -hmm. And because we don't have this, there are the systems and process where it's like, here's how to be a regional and then give them the support because we're all in a whirlwind. We sacrifice the important it, it, to focus on the urgent. And the important is the playbook, right? And then the coaching up, but we're, we're in, the, in, in the urgent zone. So we sacrifice the important for the sake of the urgent, which the urgent's urgent. And then we just throw people in there and, and then they, you know, they're given too much. And so that's why I wrote the book. I, it took me about a year to come up with exactly how I wanted to approach it because I'm trying to take a lot of pieces and put it together in a comprehensive way that makes sense. And it's kind of an, if this, then that, if you have this problem, do this. And, or here's maybe three or four or five um, reasons you could be getting that result. And then I, there's a section in there as much as I could in, a, in book form, provide a start to frame out uh, your, your regional director's business. So I think there might be a second one coming up, but this one took me two years, <laughs> 40 edits. Uh, so I'm, I'm really proud of it. And, and thanks for letting me um, talk about it. And when I was writing it, you know, it's very specific. And I mean, it's, I try to make it really, you know, easy, you know, simple to read, but it's content, you know, it's content heavy. And uh, I thought, gosh, you know, if one person reads this and gets something out of it, it's going to be worth it. And I just kind of put it on LinkedIn. It is on Amazon. You can um, get it on Amazon and it's called Solving the Occupancy Puzzle. And I um, had some really, really great feedback so far. And I'm so, 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 so relieved it's done because 
like a term paper is sat on my shoulders like every weekend <laughs> and of course we had a little thing called covid and you know right. we we moved we moved we bought a farm in the middle of covid on, on a whim i mean it was personally kind of crazy time but um it's all good and it's done it's done in bound so you know so that's awesome well and i i am on your uh amazon page now and i i saw and looked that it is um ranked number 27th for Amazon bestsellers in business mentoring and coaching. And your book is ahead of Chip Gaines book. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, on in this business category, bestsellers in business mentoring and coaching, um, yours is 27th, his is 28. So there you go. You uh, made my day. That is hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. You have two really interesting pieces of data, the 83% and ahead of chip gains. I never thought I would ever say that. Your book is great. ahead of No oh. Pain, No Gains by Chip Gaines. <laughs> oh my God. He's doing pretty well for himself though. So yeah. I'm going to tell you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening to this, I recommend Julie's book, not Chip's book, um, for solving the occupancy you. puzzle. You can buy that on Amazon. Um, there it is. Julie, yes. thank you so much for joining this podcast today. This has been so good. Uh, I think there's been so many uh, nuggets of wisdom that you've shared with everyone. Um, so thank you for being our guest. It's been my pleasure and it's so great to finally meet you face to face and have an ability to and the opportunity to talk with you. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thanks, Julie. Thanks for listening to this episode of Senior Living Marketing Success. I hope you enjoyed learning from Julie as much as I did. If you want to join our Facebook group to learn more about how to book more tours, how to get more move-ins, how to get more reviews, just go to facebook.com and search for Senior Living Marketing Success. We hope to see you there.